This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. that time of year guys it's that time of year the nfl playoffs and i know i know this is a fantasy football show but guess what we have fantasy still here with us we do we have DraftKings. we have FanDuel. god get excited for that dfs daily fantasy sports where you actually get to make money yeah get excited and if you're a patreon member at patreon.com slash fantasy intervention once again that's patreon.com slash fantasy intervention you can join our circle, and you'll actually get to see our lineups that we put out there. You'll get three of our lineups for each one. And this week, we're going to get three lineups for Saturday in there and three lineups for Sunday. So you're going to get six lineups this weekend. And guess what? We hit on every single lineup last week, and we've hit five out of six weeks for the lineups as a whole. Five out of the past six weeks. So you pay $2 to join patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. You pay $2 to get in. You're going to get your money back after one week. One week. That's it. You get your money back. And then following that, oh yeah, you get to keep making money. God, it's great. And we're going to have exclusive content on our Patreon page, such as Devin's article. We're going to have our picks on that page. You guys are going to see all sorts of fun stuff for this offseason, including Dynasty, Dynasty News, and you'll get an extra show. Yeah, you'll get an extra show. We're actually going to be recording it tonight, our first offseason one. Hopefully, Devin comes by, and hopefully we'll have that out to you guys next week on Patreon.com slash Fantasy Intervention. Oh, yeah. Get excited. But anyways, guys, we're here to talk about some DFS, some DFS for tonight. But before we do, what the hell are the Cowboys doing? Why are they taking so long to fire Jason Garrett? Like, he's not actually a candidate to stay, right? I mean, I know they're trying to let his contract expire. He has until January 14th. But I don't think the Cowboys want to wait that long. Like, that makes no sense to waste two full weeks. Two full weeks in a very, very crucial part to the season. And unless they're looking at guys that are, you know, in the playoffs right now that they cannot yet interview then they are missing out on future contracts, on reserve contracts, on other coaches to fill out the coaching staff. It just doesn't make any sense to me. makes zero sense. Can anybody please answer that question for me? I just don't get it. Bueller? 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 Um, he's sick. Bueller? Yeah, I just don't get it. But anyways, guys, let's go ahead and hop into this DFS episode. We're going to talk about Saturday's games. I'll do another one for you guys for Sunday's games as well. Hopefully, I'm going to try and knock that one out. But for Saturday's games, we've got a situation where it's going to be possibly a shootout, something that we're expecting not to really happen, but to happen, a shootout between two teams where one is probably playing catch-up the whole entire game 
while the other one's just running from the front. And then we have another game on the other side where they're going to be playing outdoors, obviously in Foxborough, where there's an 80% chance of rain and it's going to be 40 degrees and can only get colder, so we might even see a little bit of snow towards the tail end of that game. So you guys know. You guys already know what direction I'm going in when it comes to the games. And of course, that's going to be the Bills up against the Houston Texans. And the Bills, I think, are going to end up being the front runners for most, if not all, of this game. Because not only do they have a sound offense, but they have a great, great defense up there in Buffalo. Now, it is going to be indoors, so that concerns me a little bit. You know, it could turn into some sort of a track race. Obviously, with the Texans being there, winning and having the home field advantage. But I still think that Josh Allen and the rest of that Bills offense can string together a performance that would be worth starting in most cases. So we're going to start out with Josh Allen up against Houston. And every game except for two, excluding last week because last week they were you know, benching a bunch of people. He's had 17-plus fantasy points in every game. And the only two games that he did not have 17-plus fantasy points in, he was up against New England and Baltimore, which we know how good those defenses are. He only has one game with 30-plus points, so he is more of a safe guy than he is a boomer bust play, but I think that could actually slightly change this week. This could be another boom, baby. It could be another boom. Josh Allen with a boom. No, and consistency for him is key. I mean, he's had multiple touchdowns, in every single game this season, outside of three. Multiple touchdowns. He's had six rushing touchdowns in the past eight games. That's just dirty. That is dirty. And the Texans, man, they're in for it. They're in for it. Because they've given up at least 20 points in 11 out of the 16 games so far this year. The players that they didn't give up 20-plus points to? Gardner Minshew twice, Kyle Allen, Jacoby Brissett, and then Jameis Winston with that broken hand. I mean, the Titans are just giving away 20-plus point games. It's insane. Now, you compare Josh Allen with either Cole Beasley or John Brown if you're playing in tournaments. If you're playing cash, I think you can actually play them both. And then I'm definitely, definitely putting Singletary onto this stack because I think Singletary is going to go ham. I'm going to talk about him in a minute. But we're going to go first with Beasley because Beasley gets the volume, Right? He gets the targets, he gets the volume, he's that slot guy. But Brown gets the big plays. Hell, Singletary gets both. Not too many people are going to be playing four Bills players on the same roster. So yeah, you could take a shot in tournaments with all four of these guys. But for me, I'm going to pick my poison with either Cole Beasley or John Brown and just hope that one of them ends up with two touchdowns. And Devin Singletary gets one on the ground and one in the air. Josh Allen throws for three runs for one. That could be a huge, huge game-winning lineup for you. So, yes, I'm playing Josh Allen, and I'm stacking it with Cole Beasley or John Brown in tournaments along with Devin Singletary. Now, you got to run it back, right? We talk about this all the time. you got to run it back. You can run it back with Will Fuller. He's supposedly supposed to be playing. we got to see on the practice reports today because those have not come out yet, at least not that I've seen. But Will Fuller, who's expected to be a lot more healthy than what he was in the past, could always have that big game with Sean Watson. He's been playing 26% of the uh, snaps in the slot, so he could see mm, a little bit of uh, Teron Johnson. 
He will also see some sort of combination with Levi Wallace and Kevin Johnson on the outside when he does play on the outside, but he can torch both of those guys. Absolutely torch both of those guys. Now, Levi Wallace, he's on the injury report as well, and he's still questionable play. I'd rather him be up against Will Fuller than Kevin Johnson. Levi Wallace was getting benched and seeing less snaps because of his blown coverages, especially up against deep receivers. So he's been getting pulled off. Kevin Johnson, who is more than an athletic freak, could end up seeing an increased snap share this week with Levi Wallace being hurt. I don't like that, but he could still get burned by Will Fuller. Now, Hopkins, he should see plenty of Tredavious White, but they will try and move him into the slot. And White doesn't always travel to the slot. So if you can get Hopkins up against Kevin Johnson, or I'm sorry, up against Teron Johnson, then that could be a huge, huge play for Hopkins. So I could see playing him in different lineups, but at the same time, Tredavious White, who's been one of the best shutdown shadowing cornerbacks in the NFL so far this year, is going to give Hopkins fits. Now, all it's going to take is Hopkins to get into the end zone, because you know he's probably going to see right around, what, 12 targets? He's probably going to catch seven of them. If he can get in the end zone with 80 yards, then that's a win. But me personally, I don't want to play Hopkins because I think he's going to be pretty highly owned with a lack of tremendous wide receivers that you can pick from. It's going to be the same thing that happened back a couple weeks ago when they played up against the Buccaneers, and that was like the only wide receiver on the slate that you could actually play and feel good about. I think that this week it could be a very, very similar situation. So no, I'm probably not going to own much Hopkins, although I will have a few. Now, it could be a contrarian play, so I kind of like it. But yeah, DeAndre Carter is a sneaky play as well. Both Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, like we just talked about, are still injured. So if either one of those guys miss time, I think a cheap, cheap play for DFS, you could chase DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter has been seeing an increase in snaps, an increase in targets, and both with Fuller, Kenny Stills, and Hopkins out last week, he did lead the team in targets and receiving yards, so that's encouraging. But DeAndre Carter, he's more of a punt, just some random guy that you go after because you know that they're going to be paying a ton of attention to either Hopkins, Kenny Stills, or Will Fuller. So DeAndre Carter, like I said, if one of those guys is out, you could chase him. But ugh, it's just going to be tough. You know that they're going to be passing a lot, though. You know, you know that the Texans are going to have to play catch-up. At some point in the game, you know they're going to have to pass. That's how they're going to get up. So I expect one of these receivers to have a pretty solid overall game. Now, on a guy that I think you have to start, all right, you have to start. And in cash lineups, that's going to be Duke Johnson. That's what I want to say is Duke Johnson. But in tournament lineups, I'm going Carlos Hyde. I mean, I wanted to say Duke Johnson in tournaments, but honestly, with the Bills, they do give off dump-offs to running backs. Like, they allow them to catch passes. They're in the middle of the pack for all over the place, but the biggest thing is the fact that they keep everything in front of them. It gets a bend-but-not-break culture up against the running back position. So, yeah, I like Duke Johnson for cash games, but tournaments, I'm leaning with Carlos Hyde. He should have decently low ownership, but he has the big play potential, and it's mainly because the Texans, I'm sorry, the Bills have struggled up against power running backs. I mean, check this out. Sony Michelle, two different times, double-digit fantasy points. Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Jordan Howard, Adrian Peterson, Nick Chubb, James Conner. All these guys put up double-digit fantasy points. And then Miles Sanders had three carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. The Bills give up 
plays to the inside running back, to that pounded running back. So I'm going to lean Carlos Hyde, although I do believe, like I said, the Texans should be down in this one. I still think that they're going to try and pound it and run it in the first three quarters of the game. Now back over to Singletary. Singletary is my favorite player to play this entire weekend. This entire weekend, he is my favorite player. He will be owned by probably 95% of the teams that I create. It just doesn't really make sense to me why he's the eighth most expensive running back on this slate of eight games or eight teams. Somebody explain it to me. Somebody explain it to me. It just doesn't make any sense. It is crazy to me. It is absolutely crazy. The Texans have allowed the most touchdowns, the second most amount of yards, and the second most amount of receptions to the running back position so far this year. They have allowed either five receptions or 40 yards to the running back in all but two games. Those two games were up against Derrick Henry. Both those games. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Singletary, who is, like I said, the eighth most expensive running back on the slate out of eight teams. It's like a free spot. It's literally like a free spot. I mean, since coming back from injury, he has four monster games. Monster games. I mean, I'm looking at his evaded tackles right now. He has like 11 evaded tackles two weeks ago. He has like eight evaded tackles the week before that. 10 the week before that. Like, he is breaking tackles. He is creating yards. And up against the Texans defense that is extremely, extremely weak when it comes to defending that, oh my God. Devin Singletary is going to have like 200 yards and two touchdowns this game. Yeah, it's a hot take. It's a fucking hot take, but I'm on fire. Devin Singletary is a lock in every single one of my lineups, or almost every single one. Cash games, tournament games, it doesn't matter. I'm playing Devin Singletary everywhere. Everywhere. He's completely out-snapping Frank Gore. He's completely out-touching Frank Gore. He's getting targets in the passing game. He's getting runs in the running game. I just don't get it. Devin Singletary is the lock, the ticket to the million-dollar winner this week. Now, on to the next guy. And I want to talk a little bit about about a contrarian play because we talked about how the Bills are most likely going to be up in this game. They're going to be running the ball a whole lot with Singletary and Deshaun Watson comes in. And at first, I didn't really like Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's up against a really good Bills defense. I mean, they haven't really allowed too many big games to quarterbacks. And he's the second most expensive quarterback on the slate for this entire weekend. Drew Brees is number one. He's number two. So that makes him a contrarian play right off the bat because he is that big red number right next to his name along with him being one of the most expensive players and he bombed last week. Or he didn't play last week, but he bombed the week before that up against Tampa Bay. People aren't going to want to play him. So that makes him a contrarian play. And like we said, like we said, those are going to be up. They're going to have to pass at some point in time. So that garbage time is going to be valuable, valuable points. He sat last week, so he should be a little bit rested, right? He's going to have to pass. He's going to be able to use the play-action fake because they're going to be able to run up against the Bills, right? So you can do a Carlos Hyde and Sean Watson stack. Top it off with somebody like Will Fuller. Mm, that sounds pretty sexy, just saying. And then if we look at the games where he sucks, 
in the following game, he comes in and plays. He put up 26 points up against the number six overall ranked Chargers. He put up 42 points up against the 20th ranked Atlanta defense. And he put up 20 points versus Indianapolis, who is 16th ranked up against quarterbacks. Now I know those defenses are not the Bills. But the Chargers, that's pretty damn close. I just see Deshaun Watson coming in with a fire, coming in with a vengeance, getting some reinforcements in with J.J. Watt. God, talk about a motivator. Oh, J.J. Watt is going to be up to Sean Watson's ass this game. I'm just saying. And then just to add a cherry on top, right? Just add a little bit of whipped cream and a cherry on top. The only two mobile quarterbacks that the Bills have faced so far this year were Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott, and both put up over 20 points on the Bills. Oh, yeah, just sexy. Sexy. Look for Deshaun Watson although a scary play, to be a valid tournament play this weekend. Yeah, do it. Just try it. Just, just roll it out there. All right, if you're on Patreon, I'm going to be doing a Deshaun Watson lineup. as my contrarian lineup. Just check it out. It's going to be worth playing. Now, we're going to bounce over to the other game. We've got the Titans and the Patriots, and like we said, I think it's going to be an extremely low-scoring game in 40-degree weather where there's an 80% chance of rain, and we could potentially see some snow. That's typically, typically, not where I want to have my wide receivers and my quarterbacks invested in, especially, especially when you have two other sexy, sexy options on the slate, especially for the Saturday games. But I will say the Titans over the past three weeks, they've allowed big games to starting quarterbacks, or four weeks, I should say. Tom Brady and Tannehill, they might be a little bit too risky for me. I might take a shot with them, but it's not going to be likely. Not going to be a likely play for me. Now, I still think you can play A.J. Brown independently, and I still think that you can play Edelman independently, and we'll cover those guys in a minute. But where my eyes are going to be, I'm going to be checking out those running backs. Yeah, I I just think the running backs are going to be the money plays for this game. I mean, if you think the Patriots are going to be winning, then you go with Sonny Michel or possibly Rex Burkhead, primarily Sonny Michel, though. I mean, since the bye week, Sonny Michel has seen significantly more snaps than Rex Burkhead. And he's had double-digit fantasy points in each of the past three weeks. And in the past two weeks, he's seen eight red zone carries. That's compared to Rex Burkhead's nine red zone carries this entire season. But in weeks 15 and 16, he did outscore Sonny Michelle, so nothing's set in stone with this one, right? Like, you can take shots on Sonny, you can take shots on Rex Burkhead. I personally, I'm probably going to be leaning Sonny Michelle. But I do think that the Tennessee Titans are going to be running away with this game. So, it's just tough for me. But don't forget, you cannot discount what Sonny Michelle did the playoffs last year. Are they going to duplicate that? It's very, very possible. So, like I said, I'm leaning more towards Sonny Michelle over Rex Burkhead. But if I think the Tennessee Titans are going to run away with this game, then you obviously have to go James White. I mean, you have to keep in mind that he's only been relevant two out of the past seven games. And you have to take into account that he's only had 14 or more touches once since that bye week. Yeah, that's brutal. But if you think that the Titans are going to run away with it, I think you have to take a shot on James White. The Tennessee Titans, you can get yards on them in the air. You can get receiving yards from running back production, but the only thing is is they don't give up a lot of touchdowns. I mean, they've only allowed three touchdowns to pass-catching running backs this entire year. 
But if you do feel like you have to play James White, then of course, of course you have to follow it up with Derrick Henry. Because you know that if the Tennessee Titans are scoring, Derrick Henry is going to have a lot, a lot to do with that. This guy's just a monster, man. He looks like a kid, or he looks like a man playing with a bunch of kids. Ooh, that's kind of that's strange. Man playing with a bunch of kids? Yeah. But anyways, the Patriots have allowed some big, big games to running backs, but the strange part about it is they've only allowed one touchdown on the ground this entire season. But there have been running backs to get a ton of yards on them. For example, Ezekiel Elliott put up 86 yards on him. Joe Mixon, 136. And this is just on the ground, by the way. We've got Mark Ingram, who put up 115. Le'Veon Bell put up 70. Frank Gore, 109 yards. So yes, they can be beat on the ground. And we have to see some touchdowns coming out of Derrick Henry. I just think that's going to happen this week. Now we got to look at the quarterback position. And I said I'm not going to have a lot of play in this, this area for quarterbacks. I think even taking a shot or two is kind of just a waste of money, but you might want to take it as contrarian play. Tom Brady and the Patriots are ninth in the NFL in pass plays per game. Meanwhile, Tom Brady's protection rate is 18th in the NFL, and his supporting cast ranks 17th in the NFL. His pressured completion percentage is 29th in the NFL, but it's not really that better when he's protected because he's actually 32nd in completion percentage when he has a clean pocket. It's just strange. The Titans, who average almost three sacks per game, I expect them to get after him a little bit. And that, boys and girls, should result in some turnovers. We got Vrabel, who's leading this Tennessee Titans defense. Vrabel is very familiar with the Patriots system. He was one of the guys that was leading it back a few years ago. And I just see him just constantly, constantly hammering away at Tom Brady. Now, if you feel like you can take a chance on Tom Brady, right? Maybe he goes back to his form from five years ago, six years ago, and just goes ham, right? Just has one of his vintage playoff games because that's what he does from time to time, right? Just goes off. And if you want to take a shot on him, I think that Nikhil Harry could be a legitimate shot. Listen, Nikhil Harry is 6'4". The tallest corner on the Tennessee Titans is six foot. Nikhil Harry should see at least two to three red zone targets in this game, in my opinion, or at least shots in the end zone. He has an insane catch radius, and he's shown it. He has shown it on multiple different occasions. Now, he's ended up in the doghouse with Tom Brady, so there's a chance you get nothing from Nikhil Harry. But honestly, outside of Edelman, who else do you have to throw there? Sanu hasn't done shit since his first game with the Patriots. He hasn't done shit. Philip Dorsett isn't even seeing snaps barely anymore. He's seen like 15 snaps a game. Nikhil Harry, who has seen an increase in snaps, increase in targets, I think that he has a great shot, a great shot to get a touchdown, maybe two in this game. Now, he's a tournament play for me, not a cash. But at 5,200, at 5,200, he's like one of the cheapest wide receivers on the board. I think that he's worth a shot. Now, Edelman, that's the money pick, right? That's the cash play, right? I mean, last time they faced off against the Tennessee Titans, he had nine receptions for 104 yards. He was up against Logan Ryan. I expect very similar results this game. I can see him do it again. But my only fear is that since Edelman got nicked up back a few weeks ago, he saw his targets go from like 11 or 12 a game with four to six red zone targets per game down to five, six, and seven targets over the past three weeks with zero red zone targets. That's brutal. 
He's still worth a shot this week. I think that he's going to be a little bit more healthy than what he has been in the past. He's starting to shake it off. He's practicing. So Edelman is worth a shot. But he's more of a cash game play for me than a tournament. Now, you want to know who's a fun tournament play. A really fun one. I'm going to be playing in a lot of different tournament spots, especially with my contrarian plays. That's going to be Corey Davis. Corey Davis loves to play the Patriots. And I know you're a little bit worried because his snap share has been decreasing as of late. But he's still seen at least four targets in each of the past four games. He's still seen them. Now, they're not in the red zone. But still, the last time, the last time that Corey Davis got to face up against the Pats, he put up seven receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. The playoffs two years ago, five receptions for 63 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not saying that he's going to go off, and he's definitely not safe for cash, but I'm going to take at least one shot of him in tournaments. If I have Ryan Tannehill, I'm going to be playing him. If I have Tom Brady, I'm going to be playing him. Just in a shot here and there. Don't forget, A.J. Brown is going to be seeing Stephon Gilmore. He's just worth a shot. He's worth a shot. And I know you could argue Tajay Sharp, but no. No. Not doing it. I'm not going to do Tajay Sharp, but I will take a shot on Corey Davis. Now, back over to A.J. Brown. They're talking about A.J. Brown fielding punts this week because they need to get the ball in his hands more often. I mean, that's crazy. That's awesome. That is awesome for A.J. Brown, who, although he's facing Stephon Gilmore, I still kind of like the matchup. Don't forget, Gilmore, back two weeks ago, gave up the big play to John Brown. Burned him. Absolutely burned him. Last week, Devontae Parker put up eight receptions for 137 yards. Crazier things have happened. I'm just saying. Just saying, A.J. Brown could be a monster once again this week, and you know that they're going to try and get him as far away from Gilmore as possible. Now, this, in my opinion, is where you get your tight end from. Jonu Smith, awesome play this week. I mean, you can take your shots with Knox. You can take your shots with Fells, Atkins, Benjamin Watson. But no, this is a terrible, terrible slate on Saturday games for tight ends. So, although Jonu Smith... Ownership percentage is going to be pretty high. I still like playing him this week. I mean, three out of the past four weeks, he's ended up with double-digit points. That's ever since the Adam Humphreys injury happened. He still is not practicing in full, so I expect Johnny Smith to take over that kind of slot-esque role over there. He's going to be seeing plenty of targets from Ryan Tannehill, especially, especially with Gilmore marking up against A.J. Brown. The target's going to be there, baby! He's going to get rained down on with some targets. That's what I'm talking about, yeah? No, but the Patriots have given up at least 50 yards or a touchdown to eight tight ends over the past nine weeks. Over the past nine weeks. That's a dream, dream scenario for Jonu Smith, who should lead this tight end core in receptions and yards and touchdowns in the wildcard Saturday slate. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Lock it in. All right, we're going to go over defenses here in a second, guys. But make sure that you guys like what you hear. You guys hit subscribe. You guys give me a five-star review. Don't forget, we're going to be going throughout the whole entire offseason. We're not stopping here. Make sure you guys sign up for patreon.com slash fantasy intervention if you want some behind-the-scenes stuff. And if you want to see my lineups, yeah, get excited. You win money. It's only two bucks, and you win that back after the first week. Just sign up. It takes two seconds. Patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. If you guys want to follow us on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash fantasy intervention. Yeah, pretty awesome. And then if you guys want to listen to us on any other platform, we're available on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox. Get excited. 
Yes. And now we're going to wrap it up with the defenses, guys. Huge shout-out to Fantasy Football Discussion. Keep those questions coming, guys. We love them. But here we go. The Bills and the Titans are extremely, extremely similar defenses. Like, I'm sitting there looking at it, and I had to go back because I thought I copied down the same team twice. They both have 23 interceptions. They both have nine fumbles. And the Bills have 44 sacks, while the Titans have 43 sacks. So, which one do you play, right? I don't like the New England Patriots this week. They've, I just don't like their strength of schedule with the defenses, and I don't know if they're going to force a bunch, bunch of turnovers from Derrick Henry and from Ryan Tannehill, who have been pretty good about not turning the ball over so far this season. I'm just not a fan of the Patriots' defense. Plus, I don't know who I would run it back with. It just scares me a little bit, and I think that the, that the Tennessee Titans are going to be up in this game, so I don't see them you know, forcing passes or trying to make things happen that aren't there that force a lot of the turnovers. So I'm going to be going after the Bills or the Titans. Now, I was going to say it was a coin flip, but then I went into recency bias, right? And Watson has thrown five interceptions and had two fumbles over the past three weeks. He's got the Bills, obviously. Meanwhile, when we look at Tom Brady... Brady has only broken 250 yards only one time out of the past four weeks. They faced the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. And he's only gone over 250 yards one time. He did throw two interceptions in that time period. But no, I mean, he didn't play anybody and he still wasn't able to pass. I'm going to take the Bills in the tournament lineups and the Titans in the cash lineups. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be owning a ton of Devin Singletary, a ton of Hunter Henry. So that is really where my lineups are going to start with. And I'm going to build from there. But anyways, guys, listen, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Once again, please hit subscribe. Please hit like. Yes. Just do it. It takes two seconds. Leave us a comment. It takes two minutes. All right. Appreciate you guys. And thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives. I'm out. That's how you bang a podcast.